Sita of Beersheba. And Joash did write in the sight of the Lord all his days, in which Jehoiada the priest instructed him. Only the high places were not taken away. The people still sacrificed and burned incense in the high places. All right. So overall, what would you say about Joash? Or Jehoash, if you prefer. Good. Good. And you see a reason for that. Jehoiada. Yeah. Jehoiada is like his uncle by marriage, really almost like his dad, and he's the priest. And Jehoiada then ends up having a lot of influence over him. And as long as Jehoiada's there, kind of giving him guidance and encouragement, things are good. The influence of a good person in your life shouldn't be underestimated. I mean, there are times when one person can really make a difference in the life of somebody else. And we're really going to see this with Joash because he just turned into the opposite once Jehoiada died. Uh, comments and thoughts? Yeah, it's kind of like Bob and Bobby. Okay. Anything else? I was going to say not to throw us off, but <clears throat> with uh, verse 20 of the previous chapter when people rejoiced at her demise, where you said there was another character where the people were glad that someone had died. I don't remember where that was. Yeah. Well, how about Second Chronicles 21? Uh, 20. 21-20 of 2 Chronicles. This was Jehoram who would have been Joash's grandfather. And he was 32 years when he began to reign, became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem eight years, and he departed with no one's regret. <laughs> they buried him in the city of David. It's always bad. It sounds like an epitaph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> departed with no one's regret. Glad to get rid of that one. You are hoping somebody cries at your funeral. Least looks a little sad. <laughs> <laughs> if they're all partying, that's not a good sign. Alright, other questions or comments? Alright, uh, well, Joash has a big project here. 4 to 16. Then Jehoash said to the priests, All the money of the sacred things which is brought into the house of the Lord in current money, both the money of each man's assessment and all the money which any man's heart prompts him to bring into the house of the Lord. Let the priests take it for themselves, each from his acquaintance, and they shall repair the damages of the house wherever any damage may be found. But it came about that in the twenty-third year of King Jehoash the priest had not repaired the damages of the house. Then King Jehoash called for Jehoiada the priest and for the other priests and said to them, Why do you not repair the damages of the house? Now therefore take no more money from your acquaintances, but pay, but pay it for the damages of the house. So the priests agreed that they would take no more money from the people, nor repair the damages of the house. But Jehoiada the priest took a chest and bored a hole, bored a hole in its lid, and put it beside the altar on the right side as one as one comes into the house of the Lord, and the priests who guard guarded the threshold put in 
put in it all the money which was brought into the house of the Lord. When they saw that there was much money in the chest, the king scribed, and the high priest came and tied it in bags and counted the money which was found in the house of the Lord. They gave the money which was weighed out into the hands of those who did the work, who had the oversight of the house of the Lord, and they paid it out to the carpenters and the builders who worked on the house of the Lord, and to the masons and the stonecutters, and for buying timber and hewn stone to repair the damages of the house of the Lord, and for all that was laid out for the house to repair it. But there were, but there were not made for the house of the Lord silver cups, snuffers, bowls, trumpets, any vessels of gold or vessels of silver from the money which was brought into the house of the Lord. For they gave that to those who did the work, and with it they repaired the house of the Lord. Moreover, they did not require an accounting from the men from the men into whose hand they gave the money to pay to those who did the work, for they dealt faithfully. The money from the guilt offerings and the money from the <coughs> sin offerings was not brought into the house of the Lord, for it was for the priests. Okay. So what's Joash's big project here? Fixing the temple. Yes. Temple renovation. Probably a needed effort after a few years of kings like Jehoram, Ahaziah, and a queen like, queen like Athaliah, and probably needed some repair, where did he get the money for it? Yeah, okay. People were bringing the, the money. It was free will offerings. You know, people wanting to see the temple rebuilt. But initially, the idea was the priests were taking the money and they were going to restore the temple. They were going to rehabilitate it. But they didn't. Now, I don't really know why. I don't know what the problem was. But they didn't get the job done. And so when jo Joash realizes that, he called for Jehoiada and the other priests and said, why didn't you repair it? Don't take any more money. And the priests agreed, okay, they won't take any more money. And Jehoiada ends up making this chest with a hole in the lid and having, uh, you know, that be the place where the money would be put. And then what did, what did Joash do with this money that the people collected? Yeah, he gave it directly to the workers who were going to do the work of the rebuilding. He didn't give it to the to the priests, the middlemen here. Uh, he gives, uh, you know, block grants, uh, apparently, to these uh, men who would be doing the work to buy the material and to do the work. And uh, he didn't even ask for the men to give an accounting. You know, he was able to trust them. They showed complete integrity and, uh, you know, is there anything that tests honesty as much as money? <laughs> wow. It's amazing what people will do for a few bucks. How dishonest they'll be. How unfair and unjust they'll be. You know, wow. How much they'll run over somebody just for a little money. So it really speaks well, I think, of these workers that they didn't really need supervision. You could give them the money and they got the job done. They must have been men who had a lot of fear of God and that they wanted to do a conscientious job in the work of God. 
thoughts and comments. It's not good to hoard up money, you know, when there's work that needs to be done with it. So we can take that individually, congregationally, whatever. It's exactly right. Do you, does it ever make you wonder why anybody brings this money if it was voluntary? You know anybody who, out of the goodness of their heart, adds a few hundred dollars to their taxes just to kind of help out? <laughs> I don't think that normally happens. I, I don't know. I, I've never talked to somebody who worked for the IRS and asked them that question, but I bet they don't get a whole lot of just generous donations on top of the tax bill. And, and I think a lot of times we would think of the work of the Lord like that. Why would anybody give if it wasn't required? You know, if it wasn't a tax where you had to do it. So people are like, you know, like the one guy that many years ago talked to me. He said, okay, look, I make this. You know, I, I have this and this and this. Now tell me how much I have to give. Like, well, <laughs> don't think I'll be able to do that. <laughs> but that's what he wanted. He wanted to make sure he was doing the right thing. So he wanted me to tell him how much based upon all that he should give. But I think sometimes we got the idea, okay, if God told us it has to be 50 bucks, if God told us it had to be 15%, or if God told us something whereby we could calculate it, okay. But what if God just says, give what you want to? Hmm. How do we look at that? Could be incriminating. <laughs> what will determine how we look at it? You know, how much we want to see his work done. Do people ever voluntarily uh, give money to things? Well, all the time. They give money to what kind of things? To things they really care about. You know, if they really want to do it, they're going to pay for it or whatever. When, when it's worth something to us, then we'll go beyond what we have to, even financially. These people cared about the temple being restored, and so they gave. I, I just studied this morning with somebody, Exodus 35 and 36, where they asked for donations for all that stuff they were going to have to do to build the temple, the tabernacle rather, the priestly garments, the you know, furniture of the tabernacle, the hangings and the screens and the coverings and the whole nine yards. It was a mountain of stuff. And you know what happened back then when, when it was voluntary offerings to get all the material they need for the tabernacle? What happened? Tell them to stop. Yeah. They said, you got to stop them? This is too much. Wow. I mean, how often is that likely to happen? Well, it's likely to happen anytime you've got somebody who loves God that much, that really cares and really wants to see the work of God done. That's the key. And so... These people are voluntarily giving. And then it's being given to the workmen without even really any supervision over them and they're getting the job done. Comments and questions? What happened to the money that they gave to the priests? I have no idea. I hope the priests used it for something worthwhile. I don't know. And how long did that go on? I don't know. Any time is too much time. It's really kind of shocking the priest did that. 
Yeah, I agree. So did the others, probably. Why are you taking 23 years to figure it out? Well, what, where does it say the 23? Six. There's six. It's in the 23rd year, but now he didn't start this project when he was seven. So I'm not sure. Do we know when he started it? Let's okay. see here. I don't see it anywhere. So his 23rd year is like he's 30, not like he's 23. Right. Okay. Uh, well, uh, what's going to happen with Joash? Things seem pretty good. You know, major temple renovation project that's going along very well, 17 to 21. Hazael, king of Aram, went up and fought against the Gath and captured it. And Hazael set his face to go up to Jerusalem. Jehoash, the king of Judah, took up all the sacred things that Jehoshaphat and Jehoram and Ahaziah, his father, king of Judah, had dedicated, and his own sacred things, and all the, all the gold that was found among the treasuries of the house of the Lord and the king's house. <coughs> he sent them to Hazael, king of Aram. Then he went away from Jerusalem. How far? To the end of the chapter. Now the rest of the acts of Joash and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? His servants arose and made a conspiracy and struck down Joash at the house of Milo as he was going down to Silla. For Jehozakar, the son of Shimeath, and Jehozabad, the son of Shomer, his servants struck him and he died and buried him with his fathers in the city of David. And Amaziah his son became king of his place. This does not sound so good. Now, we might get a little more insight from 2 Chronicles 24. Let me just point out to you one thing. When Jehoiada died, Joash went off the deep end, went back into idolatry. And God sent prophets to warn them. And, and in 2 and, uh, Chronicles 24.20, Then the Spirit of God came on Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, the priest, and he stood above the people and said to them, Thus God has said, Why do you transgress the commandments of the Lord and do not prosper? Because you have forsaken the Lord, he has also forsaken you. So they conspired against him, and at the command of the king, they stoned him to death in the court of the house of the Lord. Did you get that? Get that? Uh, Zechariah prophesied against Joash, you know, rebuked him for transgressing the command, and what does Joash order? Orders him killed, and who was he? which would make him essentially what to Joash? Like his brother. So, wow. When Jehoiada dies, no, Joash goes straight downhill and ends up even killing Zechariah the prophet for rebuking him. You know, he doesn't have enough money or, or enough uh, muscle to stave off Haziel, Haziel the uh, king of Aram. And so he ends up having to take gold from the treasures of the uh, temple and from his palace and pay off Haziel so much for his doing all this renovation work in the temple. Now he's got to use some of this stuff to pay off uh, the Arameans. You know, it was such a good 
kingship to start with a lot of promise and dies in a very dis disappointing way. You know, his servants end up massacring him. So Joash just shows you you might be good as long as you've got a good influence. But then when they are gone, eh, you may really fall flat on your face. Or not. But that's something to think about. You know, are we just serving God as long as so-and-so is here watching over us? All right, comments or questions uh, on that? Is this the first time all the gold's taken out of the temple? No. Uh, maybe the first time all of it is, but... Is it the last time? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. You just... Keep accumulating. I know. Every, every time you read that, it's like, where did it come from? It just <laughs> got rid of all of it. Yeah. Well, when things start going better, then they got it again. All right, anything else on chapter 12? Chapter 13, 1 to 9. In the 23rd year of Joash, the son of Ahaziah, king of Judah, Jeho Jehoahaz, the son of Jehu, became king over Israel at Samaria. And he reigned 17 years and did evil in the sight of the Lord. 